And welcome to the third episode of the Ranked Last Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Alec, joined as always by my co-hosts, Wine and Sam. Today, I'd like to welcome special guest of the week. He's a one-time finalist of the league, and he's always in it, Brian Griffiths of the Tape Ballers. Let's get right into the week two recap. We'll start out with Hammer Time destroying the Wet Amys, 125-98 to on the back of mostly Kyler Murray, Travis Kelsey, and Brandon Cooks. Sam, what did you think about this matchup? Uh, well, I kind of expected Dylan to take the win just based off of history, but um, what really surprised me the most was Tyreek Hill's score. Um, four points. Um, definitely does not seem right, especially with that Patrick Mahomes stack. Um, Alec, you did get 98 points, which is still pretty impressive considering Tyreek Hill is probably one of the higher scorers uh, on your roster. Uh, but I did like uh, starting Gronk in the tight end spot. I thought that was very good. Um, that was Those were the overall takeaways for me. Yeah, it was uh, definitely the right move to play Gronk. Sadly, AB and Tyreek were not great. I'm a little concerned that Tyreek is going to get um, coverage similar to what he saw in week two compared to week one going forward. But you would hope that the Chiefs can adjust as that's what they're they're known for. So was that kind of what you saw in the matchup line or did you see something else? Yeah, I missed that. And then also Antonio Brown was a shocker for me. I mean, he only had, what, one catch, I believe, in this matchup. And he looked really good in week one, I thought. And I thought for sure against the Atlanta Falcons that he was about to pop off. And Tom Brady basically threw touchdowns to all his other receivers and Gronks. So it was weird just seeing Antonio Brown all of a sudden just kind of taken out. And also Kyler Murray, really good quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've experienced that now uh, a couple years in a row. But uh, I was surprised by AB. It kind of seems like it's a one-man-out kind of thing in Tampa right now. But with how many touchdown passes Tom Brady is throwing, it's kind of hard to bench any of these guys. But with AB having COVID now, that'll obviously be different. Uh, Brian, finish us off here. What did you what did you think about Dylan's team, I guess, since we haven't talked about that quite as much? Well, I mean, it's impressive that Dylan scored 125 one of the highest scores of the, the week with two kind of duds like Devontae Smith did pretty much nothing and uh the big waiver pickup wasn't that impressive either so I mean that was very impressive that he still turned in fantastic pro uh, performance it's so little yeah that was pretty surprising I knew he was gonna beat me with something but I wasn't sure if it was gonna be you know the Brandon Cooks or the big waiver wire pickup who did score a touchdown but then it was taken off uh, upon review. So, you know, Dylan just finds ways to win. That's what he's known for. And he did it again this week. So off to a 2-0 start while the wet Amys fall to 1-1. Moving right into the second matchup, we had Rocket Locket, as he's now known, Kevin's team, with a very similar scoreline, beating Wine 125-95. to So, uh... Big, big week from Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, just like in week one, propelled Kevin to a big victory and being number one in the standings. Wine, what did you think about uh, this loss you took over the weekend? Well, you were with me watching these games. And of course, you know, Cooper Cup was popping off and I was getting so, so excited. And I was up by 30. And then, of course, Kevin had to text me. 
Oh, my team is garbage. I knew it. He jinxed it right there. And from that point on, Kevin outscored me by 60 points. That little bitch. He timed it jinx perfectly, and that it really hurt. I mean, we went to that, like, 3 o'clock games, basically tied both with our stacks going against each other. It's pretty hype, and then it just went all downhill. Fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> well, it sounds like you didn't take it well, so uh, no. I'll see if Sam had any more um, thoughtful analysis on this, this matchup. Well, it's nice to see that Jake is uh, calm and reserved as always. Um, but looking at uh, Kevin's team, uh, like we said last week, uh, I was really impressed uh, by his running backs, Najee Harris, uh, despite the Steelers not doing so hot against the Raiders. Um, and of course, Lego Man compared to uh, Jake's kicker, Sanders, uh, who did not show up to the game from what I've seen so far. Uh, but for the future, uh, I think the Rams will uh, do well for Jake. Uh, it's just more of a question of whether Saquon can really pop off in the couple next couple weeks. Yeah, Saquon's snap percentages have been going up, but the the productivity and trying to not be hit behind the line of scrimmage every other play has not been going so great for Saquon. Uh, well, these teams kind of going in opposite directions, Brian. What did you think about this matchup? Well, looking at some of my notes, it was a little harsh on Drake, uh, Jake here where I said Cup is wasted on this team. Because um, <laughs> he, he definitely was, I mean, a third of your points there. So, I mean, it was just kind of brutal to have such a great performance and then still get the zero. Uh, the dunk from a kicker is always, doesn't shouldn't really matter, but it still hurts the soul. So, I, I feel for you, Jake. That's all I can say. Uh-huh. Yeah, if one would have lost by less than 10 points with the zero from the kicker there, that would have been a real a real backbreaking loss. But he, he avoided that by, you know, losing by 30. So that makes it a lot easier. Back-to-back weeks with someone having zero points in my lineup. Will it be this week? We'll find out. <laughs> that would be a good segment. That's the spirit. Oh, this is key, Jay. Come on. I mean, yeah, if I had to guess, it would probably be a running back just getting hurt on the first snap, but we haven't seen that yet for Wine's team. That'd be a new low. <laughs> All right, I guess moving it from one undefeated team to another, and now to another, the extra lamb sauce, Sam Lee, defeats Autodraft Hurts, based on Jalen Hurts, as we found out last episode, uh, 119 to 106. Um, on the back of, once again, that green-loving Tom Brady and uh, a couple decent performances from his wide receivers and really just a solid performance from all of Sam's players, really really consistent in the scoring there. Uh, Brian, what did you think about this this win for Sam to stay undefeated? Well, uh, Nate was kind of uh, let down by Dak. He kind of expected a better game from him, but that, I feel like that was the difference. Um, across the rest of the board, I mean, this was... I mean, a quick glance looked like one of the closer games this week, um, but unfortunately it was kind of wrapped up by the three o'clock games. It wasn't kind of up on the table past that, but yeah, it really just came down to the QBs in this kind of matchup. Yeah, pretty much the exact score difference was uh, the QB score difference because Nate was able to get consistent uh, touchdowns out of most of his key players, and Dalvin Cook made up for it with a, a lot of yards, so... Wine, what did you think about the the matchup here, and will Sam keep this up going forward? 
Oh, Sam definitely will, and he's going against me this week. Um, we'll talk about that later, but easy dub in the making for him. But uh, a good thing for Nate is Dak probably, I mean, this hopefully maybe is one of his lower weeks of the season. He's going to score more than seven points, I'd hope. And Michael Carter getting more involved around the Jets. I mean, if he gets that and Nate can actually have a solid running back two on his team, he could be a really good team down the road. Good signs for Nate overall. Yeah, it was definitely a big takeaway for me for, you know, Michael Carter being able to put up a decent running back two performance, especially based on what we've seen this year so far. Did you uh, see that, Sam, or did you key on something else in this matchup? I did notice that Michael Carter was increasingly getting more points, which kind of scared me because it was more than two, uh, which is what Dylan predicted last week. Um, but I, I still like Nate's team a lot. Uh, just to, for reference, if you put in Jalen Hurts instead of Dak Prescott, um, he's winning this game, um, which is pretty interesting. Only by about four yards, but uh, that's something I kind of thought about uh, as I went to bed on Monday night. Uh I like to focus on the tight ends here real quick. <laughs> I was watching the Broncos game, and it was a little late. It was an illegal stream, I'll be honest. And I get a text that says, no offense, is eternal. <laughs> I genuinely thought, in the back of my mind, that I was about to break his leg um, after Alex sent that text. But instead, he catches a 14-yard bomb <laughs> touchdown, uh, which was pretty much most of his points, uh, I'll be honest. Um, and then on Monday night... Uh, TJ Hawkinson just keeps getting catches from Jared Goff, which was really scary. And uh, Jake and Alec did a lot to make me feel better by saying Nate was going to beat me. So um, overall, good win for extra lamb sauce. Excited for next week, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I think it was the exact opposite. We were guaranteeing that you would win the matchup. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything, we were, you know, supporting you and helping you out. So uh, at least Brew wasn't there to guarantee the win. Oh, God. that's true. He probably would have if he uh, if I told him to. So that would have been too much. Yeah, moving right into Hugh Janus with the big win over Michael. Um, you already know how he did it. It was Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones and then Aaron Jones one more time um, for four touchdowns this week. Um, that's pretty much all there is to say about it, but I'll, I'll kick it off to Sam and see if he can add, add some for us. Well, I just want to add more about Aaron Jones by saying that Michael got baptized so hard by Aaron Jones. I made a meme about it and he made it his profile picture. He's still <laughs> suffering from this loss from Aaron Jones. And I love it. On to the next person. <laughs> yeah, on to you, Wine. Uh, anything to add on Olsen's uh, receivers here? Based on week one, we thought they might be world beaters, and then this week they came back down to earth a bit. Yeah, not really sure what happened to Amari Cooper. I didn't watch any of the highlights or anything. I thought maybe I heard he was hurt, but I don't know if that was late in the game or what happened, but that's a little concerning to see, obviously, on Olsen's team. But yeah, Aaron Jones saved his team from damnation this week. <laughs> yes. And Mike Sicky. His elite tight end did score more than uh, zero points. Now is averaging a whopping 2.8 points this season. Man, what a guy. That's some stellar analysis. And he did just crush uh, Michael's tight end Higby. But I think Amari Cooper might have even ingered his left in this game, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was uh, like a calf or a, a hamstring or something. I don't know. I thought it was. He was running from the police. 
<laughs> he was evading the police by calmly walking away. Uh, yeah, Brian, finish us off here. What did you think about this game? I don't know. All I had written down was a shout out to uh, Sam's meme, just because I found it hilarious. I think even Olsen sent me something about it through Snap. Um, I generally thought Michael was going to win going into that game, um, but just, I mean, we've all saw his Aaron Jones stat line. There's not much more to be said. Yeah, you spot Michael a 10-point lead with Swift against Jones, and you think he's at least a slight favorite. And uh, then you look at the final score, and it is quite the opposite. So Michael's going to need to bounce back after the a tough Monday night loss like that. So we'll get into later whether or not he's going to. Um, getting on the board, Brent picks up his first win thanks to another monster performance from a running back. This time it's Derek Henry with three touchdowns, including one that forced overtime. Cumulative 44.7 points in the game. Uh, not too bad. Makes up for a lot of suckage in the rest of his lineup. Uh, Sam, what did you think about Brent uh, getting his first win here? Uh, of course, like Brian said uh, a couple days ago, all praise to King Henry. He is back uh, to Brent's uh, great fortune. Uh, like you said, the rest of his team didn't really show too much. Um, but also, I mean, for Carson as well, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's uh, points, 2.6, is kind of a travesty. I think he also fumbled at the end of that game, uh, which, I mean, it doesn't really do anything for um, him winning the game, but it might do something for Edwards-Hilaire's um, street cred in uh, Kansas City. So um, overall, this game was... Um, Pretty surprising just because of Derrick Henry, but that's all I got. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. It was the Derrick Henry show. Lime, what did you think about Derrick Henry uh, getting Brent this win? Well, to quote the great Dylan Johnson, I can confirm that Derrick Henry is good at football. <laughs> and he really is. And it, it also didn't help poor Carson that Jarvis Landry got hurt like right away in that game. He had a really good matchup, and he's probably going to be Baker's favorite target, so that didn't help. But yeah, this was the Derrick Henry show, and that's about it for this game. Yeah, it was definitely an underperformance for for poor Carson's team. Um, I think last week on the show, Dylan said Baker Mayfield would wake up feeling dangerous Sunday. Um, what would you say about that, Brian? Did you did you see that game? Uh, Tough bits and pieces. Um, obviously, you would hope for more against Houston, but. I mean, 17 points, not terrible, but yeah, I mean, this entire game was decided by one player, so it's kind of hard to really look at anything else here. I mean, Henry scored more than half of the other team's points, so. That he did. Definitely on Henry for this game. And now we get to finish off the recap with the tape ballers, Brian dropping a one forty burger on the reigning champ to put John at 0 and two scoring a measly 110 points, which actually isn't that bad, but Brian walk us through this win. Um, I was actually very happy to see what some of my uh, top picks actually contributing. I, I'm going to be honest after last week, I was worried about my top wide receiver. I was worried about my quarterback they all kind of came through this week, so that was really exciting to see. Uh, Jerry's still out on uh, Kittle and my keeper Gaskins, but we'll see how that progresses as time goes on. 
I, I do kind of feel bad for John. He mentioned in the chat, like, you know, he's been playing against the toughest components. Um, he would have gone seven and four against the rest of the league. So, I mean, he had a good week. It's just bad matchup, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It feels like one of those weeks where John's team might be heating up a bit, where he's just about to, about to go off on somebody. So I, I worry about who he has to play this week. But, um, yeah, just a pretty solid performance from him, but couldn't quite make up for, for Brian's big Thursday night start and continuing with Lamar Jackson Sunday night. Why? And I think uh, Brian didn't mention a pick that he was worried about after week one. That's Christian McCaffrey, who some might say is worth two running backs, as he was once again this week. What do you think about him, Wine? Yeah, so second week in a row where Christian McCaffrey has outscored his opponents, both of his running backs. So, yeah, I think you could say that Christian McCaffrey can kind of count as two running backs, you know? And also to point out on Brian's team, it's impressive to score, you know, 140 points with George Kittle, only scoring 3.7. I mean, he's basically leading the team in targets, and I think he's continue, or he will continue to do that. So watch out for Brian's team. Once George Kittle gets going, he's gonna he's never going to lose. Yeah, I mean, if, it, it seems like it's almost a matter of time when uh... – George Kittle starts getting those targets back from Debo once he eventually pulls uh, his soft tissue somewhere. So, Sam, do you think uh, this is a step in the right direction for Brian, or is this more of a, a you know less likely thing to happen week to week? Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Scary Terry. All three of them practically somersaulting into the end zone. One of them actually somersaulting into the end zone, which was awesome. Uh, great game. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, Brian's team is looking good for the future. This is probably going to happen more often than not. He's going to be scoring pretty highly, um, going for those $5 per week. Uh, but I would like to shout out John for actually putting Mike Williams into the flex after consulting the podcast. So good on you, John. Yes, I agree with that one. Mike Williams, also thank you for making me 5 bucks this weekend. Love that guy. Oh, because of the receptions? Yeah, he hit, uh, he hit his over on four and a half receptions, so bless your soul, Mike Williams. That's dumb. Well, jumping into the quick waiver wire segment here, just a couple notes. Wine was able to outbid the field and get Rondale Moore. Um, that was probably the biggest pickup of the week that people were going after, after he had a big week two. Wine, do you have any uh, any thought process on what your, your bid amount was there, or...? Uh, I just wanted, I really wanted Rondale more. So I was trying to be extra safe. I was going to be upset if I didn't get him. I just think that he's going to become the second option in this explosive Cardinals offense with Kyler Murray. And I just, I think he has a lot of potential as a solid flex option throughout the rest of the year. So I'm excited about right. his potential. I agree with that. I'm a big Rondale Moore fan. And you also picked up McKissick after uh, nobody bid on him. So that might be a good. Uh... Good pickup if Daryl Henderson misses this week. Mm-hmm. That was the point. Um, and don't and then, forget, he also added a kicker. Big depth piece there. That's true. That's true. We should have well, Olsen. Yeah, my kicker has sucked so far. <laughs> and the Dolphins' offense is not going to be good without Tua, so I'd much rather have the Arizona offense kick, especially after he hit that long one last week. That's true. Yeah. Matt Prater is eternal. 
Um, and then uh, the wet Amy's were able to overbid a bit and secure Cordero Patterson, the top running back on the waiver wire. Um, basically, I just did it on the off chance that he's actually the guy in Atlanta. And now that Antonio Brown has COVID, I guess I might end up playing him this week against the Giants. Seems like a fine matchup with Matt Ryan's spaghetti noodle arm. He's got to throw it short to somebody, and mm. that could be Patterson. Um, those are approached the big ones. I picked up a defense, too, for three because the Bills play uh, – this week they play Washington, and then next week they play the Texans. So Did anyone like else bid on that one? Two good weeks. I don't think so. Um. So yeah, those were pretty much the big ones. Sam, do you have anything to to add to the waiver wire? Not really. Um, I think the Cordero Patterson waiver wire pickup is a good investment, though, just in case Mike Davis doesn't turn out to be um, the guy that everyone thinks he is, which is very possible. He's getting good targets in the passing game, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. That's true. I also think that K.J. Osborne is a sneaky pick just because he seems to clearly be the third option in the Vikings offense, and he's gotten a decent amount of targets so far. Yeah, and with no tight end there, it seems like it's a pretty yeah. available space. I was surprised the local hero in the last few games only went for five points. I also liked his move, though, for Daniel oh. Jones. Some good death pieces for Yeah, players. Danny Dimes. Yeah, I mean, I think Daniel Jones is... He's a, yeah, he's a top five quarterback, at least right now in fantasy. So Taking all the rushes from Saquon. I hate that read option. <laughs> oh, my God, that was pissing me off so much. The most That's lethal the, read option. It's the, the best rusher back on the Giants. I know. That's true. Stepping right into our second uh, power rankings, just like we did last week with our guest star. Brian's going to give us his week three official power rankings and where the teams have moved since Dylan's rankings last week. So uh, let's, let's have it here, Brian. All right. I was thinking about doing like a two minute saying every team's a good team, good sport kind of participation thing that Dylan did, but I'm going to be honest, these are kind of shooting from the hip. Uh, I'll stand by these till the grave, you know, yeah. this is uh, my opinion. Back off. So I'll start from the bottom. Number 12, I have, Person moving down four places from the last ranking, Pindy Man. Jake's team is dead last. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, my note here is he's got Cooper Cup, which is the best wide receiver in the league, and I don't really like anything else on the team. <laughs> That's brutal. There. My guess was 10 or 11, and uh, I was close. I, I think I would give Wine the benefit of the doubt in the at least put him above Carson, but that might be about it with Nate's That's team doing it. a little yeah. better this week. I'm not going to argue much. My team is shit. Hey, it's good. Well, I mean, that's, that's a good transition to the number 11 team, Carson's team, uh, Babes for Days. Uh. And that's a staying from uh, Dylan's uh, ranking as well. And I just have, they're, they're mostly unperform- underperforming players. I kind of like them. I honestly think that they're decent players. They're just, every one of them is just, not there yet. So I, I see this team just kind of exploding at some point. I do also have a note that he has zero RB depth, but that's not really unique. Yeah, I, I think I agree with most of that. Just looking up and down his team, you think it should at least be doing better than it has so far. I don't know if it should be that good, but it's a, a bad start from most of his players for sure. All right, the number 10, I have auto-draft Hertz, Nate, moving up two places from twelve. 
Um, the wide receivers are kind of lost. Um, they're kind of turning in null performances. Um, but with Hawk, Cook and Hawkinson as kind of the pillars of the team, I think he just needs one or two of those wide receivers to turn around and he can start putting in good, good performances. I agree. Yeah. I mean, top to bottom, he's got really solid players and um, a, a better week two than week one is putting him in a good direction. Yeah, I like his team a lot, really, honestly. Other than the RB2, but Michael Carter, like we said earlier, he looked a lot better. So if he continues to get more snaps, he could surprise some people, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, the ninth position, I have shooting for teams, Brent, moving up one place from 10th. Um, I said this one's really even with 8th. They're kind of neck and neck. Um I just like the established wide receivers and tight end from the eighth position a little bit better. Um, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, if he's got Derrick Henry putting up closer to at least 20 points a week, maybe not 40, but the Justin Jefferson part for Brent is what's really been puzzling me. I don't know what's going on with uh, the Vikings, but if Justin Jefferson isn't that wide receiver one for Brent, then I think his team might be stuck around that eighth spot. Yeah, Robert Woods also has been pretty underwhelming this year. He doesn't eat breakfast with uh, Matt Stafford, so it's kind of exactly. hard to get those, you know, 15 targets a game. Yeah, yeah like, come on, at least get comfy with the guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Cooper! And then I think for the tight ends, too, I th- yeah, I think Brian's right. His tight end situation is pretty sus. <laughs> uh, um, I think uh, Tunyon is probably a little bit better. Um, I'll be talking about that later in the matchup, but um, yeah, it's definitely kind of weird with the tight ends. All right, the eighth position, I have Curse of First, John, moving down one position from seventh from the last time. Um, I surprisingly do not hate this team. Um, it's maybe a little bit of boom-bust, a little bit more on the bust re- recently, but, you know, it's not bad. Yeah, the, the running backs are the issue for John, but if he's got this team and he can make a, a run to the, the playoffs and he's got an extra week this year. So if he can get a wild card spot, he can, he can make a run with those receivers and, uh, and quarterback for sure. Yeah. He could easily just do exactly what he did last year. Just catch hot right at the end of the season and just win. <laughs> also, I don't really want to say this because I have Zeke, but if Tony Pollard is used the same way that Dallas used him last weekend, um, that could also be something that J- John can look into instead of Mike Davis. Um, and if Tony Pollard does do that every week, um, watch out for John's team. All right, so seventh place. I'll be honest, going, if I did this again, I probably would move this, but I put it down on pencil and paper, so I wasn't going to move it. Uh, so seventh place with Milwaukee, you know, with Michael, uh, moving up two places from ninth. Uh, I really liked the RV room. It was a very solid running backs underperforming recently but i mean they should turn it around um but you know everyone else just needs to kind of trend up and he should be fine i thought michael was pretty underrated last week being at nine i think he should have been more at seven last week so i think it's pretty fair to have him here again not a great week two but um if he wins in week three he's right back up there and i think he might deserve to be a fringe top half team maybe sixth or even fifth but it's pretty crowded in that area, so. Michael, you're bad. <laughs> oh, but Michael is a cheater. Let's keep yeah, that on record, and he deserved to lose. Yeah, yeah, and of course, Jake. 
That dude cheats. All right, for sixth place, I have extra lamb sauce, Sam, uh, moving down. I have it four places? No, he's just moving down. Um, Whoa. Let's see. Elliot is a really great RB um, and can carry most of his running back room. And I really like his wide receivers, but yeah. Dang, I, I, I'll, I'll fight that one. That's, that, I think that's way too low. I think uh, Zeke might be one of his not-so-great players. I think he's got at least four better players on that team. And um, put, moving Sutton into the flex after he had a huge week last week, I think uh, Sam's going to be an easy 3-0. and So I would definitely put For Sam. Sure. I wouldn't move him down from last week. I think he was at number two in Dylan's, actually, if I'm not mistaken. So he does have no offense though, and he kind of sucks. All right, <laughs> so this is where I'm gonna fight it. I was gonna say that Brian was actually right, but besides um, all of these other players, Noah Fant is probably the best tight end I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, hard to argue with that praise. Yeah, all right, for the fifth team, I have Olsen's team. Um, staying put at fifth place, no, no movement here. Um, I'm just kind of a general uh, trend is surprises me every year. Olsen puts together a decent team. Uh, it's almost like this ADP thing is something with his auto drafts. But. Yeah, I can't complain about that. I think uh, Olsen's right there at four, five, six. Seems pretty fair to have him in there. Early waterbed watch Vikings right now are ninth. Oh, with the pick six last week, that probably helped. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that did. <laughs> but this week is the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah no, uh, probably won't stay, but still fun to see. It's true. All right, in fourth place, I have the Tape Ballers riding high, um, up two places. This will probably skyrocket get back down once I come back to reality next week. But you know, you gotta just be happy about McCaffrey carrying you through the season. So. Yeah, I think I'd probably uh, have to move Sam and Olsen ahead of Brian. I mean, they are both undefeated and have been more consistent this year, so I think that'll lead to more wins overall. But um, I wouldn't want to play Brian in the playoffs if uh, if he gets there and has his his running backs and Lamar Jackson and George Kittle. But Yeah, Christian McCaffrey's good. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is good, and Lamar and Scary Terry. I mean, this team is probably going to be good. For them. And Kevin and Deontay Johnson. There's yeah. a lot of good players. Yep. All right. Third, I have our last host here, uh, the Wet Amy's, Alec. Down two places, Alec. Uh, Dylan hit him at first. Um, I say the team is, like, even though it's one of the best teams, it's still underperforming. I think he can do even better than he is. Um, and so it's just... Give it some more time, and he'll probably be on top. But I had to take it into account, you know, the least recent performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the running backs kind of suck right now. That's going to be an issue if that keeps going. If I don't get any touchdowns out of uh, my running backs, um, then I'm probably going to end up being about 500 on the year or something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, I love the rest of your team, but the running backs definitely have been disappointing so far. But we'll see. Early in the season, they can pick it up. I also don't know. Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes are going to perform like they did last weekend uh, in future weeks. That's true. 
these top two, they're practically tied. Um, I did just kind of choose one based off of almost depth more than anything else. But uh, I had Dylan as number two, uh, up one place from third. Um, the, it came down to it, just his flex. I am not a huge fan of Odell, but, I mean, that's really the only flaw I see. Yeah, I agree with the top two. I would have Kevin one, uh, Dylan two, undefeated. Yeah powerhouses so far kevin's got great running backs great depth um yeah no complaints here dylan's dylan's running back depth is what is scary you know someone you know elijah mitchell's a little banged up right now damien harris to see is questionable i don't really know what's up with him but if either of them get a bad injury and are out for a long time that's definitely going to be a little scary for his depth but other than that dylan's team is super good yeah, and he's already had to spend 40 WAB to get Elijah Mitchell. So yeah. if that happens again, I mean, once buys start going too, he's going to be relying on week-to-week running back pickups, it yeah. seems like. So might be tough. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, unlike uh, Dylan Johnson, we know for certain that these running backs are not washed. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously number one is Kevin. I don't know if we need to say too much about this, but uh, every starter I have is unquestionable. That might be a little bold, but I mean, I just love them all. But then he also has Fields as a breakout star when Russell hits his second half this season yearly slum. So, like, it's going to be great. That is true. Always hits that slum. But, yeah, I love his starting running backs and then to go with that the russell wilson tyler lockett combo and he has darren waller like he just overall has a fantastic team his starting lineup is definitely the best in the league right now yeah the only issue with kevin is that he tends to pitter off a bit in the middle of the season uh the last couple years so hopefully both him and his players can keep it going this year and i would be surprised if we didn't see kevin in some some sort of the playoffs at least also, uh, just seeing his bench, I just realized he has James Conner, and that gives me a, a large amount of PTSD. So that's kind of a kind of a think moment. of starting him in the playoffs. <laughs> All right, so this is a, a podcast about this season, um, not last. Oh, so I guess. Well, except in a bit when we'll get to some some old and uh, good times. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for that. Uh, those power rankings, Brian. That was well-made and well-thought-out. Yeah, that was good. All right, let's get into the Week 3 matchups. We're going to start off with the 0-2 Autodraft Hertz versus the 0-2 Babes for Days. In the last three years, Nate is 3-1 and against Babes for Days. Uh, Wine, who's going to pick up their first win this week? All right, so I think this is going to be a really close matchup, but I think that Nate just has the advantages at tight end and QB that's going to get him over the hump and get his first win. Monday night, Jalen Hurts is going to cook the Cowboys. He's going to Dalvin cook the Cowboys? Exactly. All right. Sam, are you in agreement here, or are you going with Carson? Uh, I still think a decent amount of... Carson's lineup is unproven, um, mostly Devin Singletary. Uh, but looking at this, um, I do like uh, Dalvin Cook uh, versus Seattle, and 
Uh, I think comparatively, even though it is Michael Carter, his running backs kind of are looking better than uh, Carson's running backs because of Melvin Gordon competing with Williams and Eckler having to go against Kansas City um, at Arrowhead, uh, which should be interesting. I am taking Nate in this matchup. Oh, Brian, are you going to continue the sweep here? Nope. I had this as being a very close game, but I had Carson just taking it. Um, unlike Jake, I think both of these quarterbacks are just, or whatever quarterback Nate plays, is just going to be 20 point quarterbacks. So that's pretty even. Um, I think Gordon's going to have a pretty good game against the Jets. If he's ever going to have a really good game, it's going to be against the Jets. Um, Beyond that, I mean, I love Nate's Hawkinson. I've heard some in little notes here around him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really close game, but I just, I think Carson's got the little more consistent players, so I gave it to him. Oh, boy. Well, I get the benefit of hearing your guys' reasoning first on these. So with that in mind, um, I think I'm going to make a recommendation first. I I don't think Carson should keep playing Baker Mayfield. I mean, I know that he's been okay, but Danny Dimes is up against Atlanta. That seems like a pretty solid locked-in matchup. Jarvis Landry's gone. Odell is going to be rusty if he does come back. In Chicago, I could see that being a lower-scoring game, and they're just going to run the ball all day long. And Chicago probably wants to run the ball, too, if they can. And for Nate, he's been playing the wrong quarterback every week, and he's been switching each week after he plays the wrong one. So maybe if he wants to get out of that, he should play the same one twice in a row and maybe get over the hump of, uh, you know, cursing his his quarterbacks to play worse than the one on his bench. But um, I am going to go with Nate to win it just because I'm not sure about Carson's wide receivers so much. Julio Jones has been inconsistent. Mike Evans might get a lot of Jalen Ramsey treatment, especially with Antonio Brown out and having a big week last week. Um, yeah, the way I see it now with Baker Mayfield in there, um, I think Nate's got some some better playmakers and should be able to get a lot of touchdowns this week from his uh, his stars. So I'm going to go with Nate by a, by a few points. I am looking at uh, the reserve, and Jarvis Landry is there. He's also on IR, so. Isn't it? Yeah. That, yeah, cheating. That means he's out for a few weeks, so it would be kind of weird if you put him in to get zero points. No, I'm not saying that he should start him. I'm saying that he's in the COVID reserve spot. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're telling him to start him. Are we saying he's holding on Calgary? What was that one? We have a cheater. We we do have a cheater. You know what that means, one. Oh my gosh. Kicked out of the league. <laughs> well, he actually is. Like yeah. he he's got his full bench and the oh my god. This is even worse than Michael. <laughs> After hearing the warnings, how could you do this? Carson, you gotta drop someone. Yeah, you tell him. Drop Callaway. That's actually. Yeah, like I said, he's be. practically got an empty bench spot with Callaway. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully Carson fixes that. But uh, moving on to the second matchup, um, we have the Rocket Locket, Kevin, 2 0 against Curse of First aptly named since he is 0-2 in the last three years. Kevin obviously only being here for a couple years. Kevin is 2-1 against John. If you include the postseason, though, they are 2-2 dead even. Uh, Brian, who do you think is going to get the win here? You know, QB had kind of toss-ups. 
Um, but I just really liked the running backs of Kevin. And I mean, he's just the better all around team. It's kind of hard to go against it. So Kevin takes it. Yeah, I think that could be um, the formula here. Are you going to go against that one? No, I think the running backs are just too good for Kevin's team, and he has Darren Waller, so I have to give it to Kevin. I think he's going to start 3-0 and and our defending champ. He's going to start 0-3, just like me. Oh, boy. Sam, are you uh, continuing the sweep? I am actually going to say that uh, John has a decent chance to win it this week. Um, I think the Aaron rodgers Devonte Adams stack uh, will be good on Sunday night. Um, and he's keeping Mike Williams in there, uh, like our podcast has recommended. Um, and then maybe for next week, not this week, but if on Monday night Tony Pollard does go off, maybe consider uh, putting him in for Mike Davis, who might have an off uh, day this week. I'm taking John. Oh, all right. So I guess I don't have to, you know, convince myself into taking John just because no one else has, and I don't want to get uh, get heat from whoever comes on the podcast next week. Um, being off the hook for that, I think I'm going to go with Kevin. Uh, once again, I think the advantage here lies at kicker with the Rocket Man, Rodrigo, Lego Boy. Um, the rest of the players don't really matter when you have Blankenship on your team. I don't think he's ever lost when he's been on someone's team in this league, probably ever. Um, so I think I'm going to give Kevin the win just on kicker points. Um, but I guess all of his other players are, you know, really good. So I think he'll win. All right, let's move into the breakdown matchups. First, I'm going to start us off with Sam versus Wine. Sam is obviously a 2-0, Wine 0-2. Teams going in opposite directions. Uh, in the last three years, though, they are 2-2 two two in the regular season and 3-3 three and three when you include the postseason. So this is uh, going to be a big tiebreaker here. Like I said, there are two teams going in opposite directions. We all know Wine's team is dog shit, and Sam's team is at least in the top half, if not you know, maybe top three or four, in my opinion. Um, Sam's team name is a bit controversial right now. We're not sure how to rank it, but it's not enough to give him a letdown in week two, where he had a big win, and it's certainly not enough to give him a letdown in week three, where he's going to dismantle Wine and Wine's hopes and dreams of perhaps being one and two. Um, I'll try to find some positives for Wine's team, but there's really not a whole lot so far through three weeks. Well, about to be three weeks. Um, at QB, Sam's got Tom Brady throwing nine touchdowns in his first two games of the season, uh, while Wine's Tannehill has struggled in the fantasy department with just two touchdowns and four turnovers, leading to a mediocre 14 points per game. Brady does have a tougher matchup this week going against the Rams, um, but, you know, Tannehill's up against the Colts, which hasn't been the easiest for him. Those games tend to be close, you know, in division, could be a little lower scoring. Colts will need to rely on their defense with uh, likely Jacob Eason as their quarterback. So I'll give Brady the slight edge just with how many touchdowns he's been throwing. Jalen Ramsey will cover somebody, but that means somebody's not being covered by Jalen Ramsey. And the Bruce Arians offense is going to throw the ball around a lot for Brady to cook up some fantasy points. Um, I think Sam is the clear favorite at running back with Zeke and Chris Carson, even though Zeke has lost some of his carries to Tony Pollard. Chris Carson, two touchdowns last week, and I think he'll be in good position to do the same this week against the Minnesota Vikings. 
Um, we all know Wine's team is running slim on running backs, and he's hoping Daryl Henderson can play. Um, and if he doesn't, then it's pretty much up to Saquon and maybe J.D. McKissick. The good news is that Saquon has a good matchup against the Falcons, and he could use a vintage Saquon performance, you know, putting up like a multi-touchdown Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones kind of week this week. That's one of two ways I could see Sam maybe winning. The other one would be through his wide receiver, A.J. Brown, who's been off to a slow start this year, to say the least. Um, He's had troubles catching the ball, and Tannehill's had the turnover issues. Um, You know, the only way they were scoring points last week is with Derrick Henry. So if A.J. Brown is going to, you know, have a big week, that's one of the ways Wine can win. Um, But I don't see him having that big of a week. And Sam's got the clear favorite of wide receivers with CeeDee Lamb, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, all with pretty decent matchups. Sutton is against the Jets, along with Sam's tight end, Noah Fant. Um, The Jets love doing one thing over and over every year, and that's sucking. So I think those two guys will do pretty well. And uh, Keenan Allen against the Chiefs, who have had... um, a very hard time on defense this year, getting up a lot of points and then CD lamb to finish it off Monday night. That just seems like guaranteed points for those four players. You know, they might not all get two touchdowns or a touchdown in big yardage, but they'll all be in that, you know, 15 plus point range where I think it's going to be really hard for wine to overcome that. Um, Cooper cup is the lone bright spot so far for um, Wines team, but if Carlton Davis is there, he might be put on Cooper Cup, and that would limit him a bit, because Carlton Davis is a, a solid corner, and the Bucks will try whatever they can to stop Cooper Cup, since that's been the best weapon for the Rams. Um, but yeah, I don't really see a whole lot here for Wine to win. He's struggled at tight end so far with Jonah Smith. He was banged up and hasn't really gotten into the season very well. I wouldn't say either of the defenses have great matchups, and Wine having zero kicker points last week seems like a bad omen for his team. I'm going to give Sam the strong, strong edge in this one. Um, I would even predict him to, to win by, you know, 20 to 35 points if, uh, if I had to pick a score for it. Something like 120 to 90 maybe. Uh, Brian, I saw you laughing at that. What do you think about this matchup? I was laughing because Sam said, don't put that juju on me. But, I mean, definitely, definitely. Every position, uh, Sam's got the advantage. I only had the tight ends as meh, but looking at it again, could advantage Sam. So, yeah, easy beat down. All right, on to Wine. Wine, what are your chances of winning this week in a percentage? One percent. <laughs> I don't want to say zero, but I'll give it one percent. There's no, I think I've lost by at least 30 in both my matchups so far, and it's going to happen again. The only, and the weird thing about this is, like, I have seven players at noon while Sam is one. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get off to a lead. And I, no matter what, you I'm going to feel good. Oh, are you, though? I sure hope so. <laughs> if I can't get off to a lead at that, then I'm screwed. <laughs> well, but yeah. Then after that, I'll have two players left, maybe, if Daryl even plays. So it's going to be a rough week, I know. 0-3, here I come. Well, it seems like wine being screwed is the theme so far. Sam, are you going to pick against yourself? I just want to say that if at the end of the 12 o'clock games, Jake is behind somehow, <laughs> I am taking most of my players out just in case. <laughs> just to see what happens. Um, maybe I'll play a full dino for you, Jake. 
Uh, we'll see. But uh, overall, I think Jake's team has a lot of potential. That being said, I'm picking myself to win this week. Um, just because the past couple of weeks I've chosen myself and it's worked out. So maybe that'll go against all the jinxing you guys are trying on me. Normally I would be jinxing, but I really do just think you're going to pummel him. I mean... Yeah, I'm not jinxing. I, I thought I was going to get pummeled last week and it happened. I thought I was going to get pummeled the first week and it happened. It's going to happen again. Yeah, I mean, if it somehow is close coming down to Monday night, then then I could start saying some stuff I don't truly believe. But <laughs> but I'm yeah, looking forward to Monday night's game. It'll be fun. All right, the next matchup breakdown we're gonna get into is Sam breaking down the shooting for teams versus Hugh Janus. Uh, Brent is one and one, and Olson is two and zero. Oh. On top of being 2-0, Olsen has beaten Brent all four times that they've played in the last three years. Uh, a former division rivalry, if you can call it that. But, uh, Sam, how's this one going to go down? So, when I was first looking at this matchup, I was thinking of a short one-liner battle of which position. And I was kind of looking between the battle of the running backs or battle of the Vikings receivers. Um Looking between the running backs, I like Derrick Henry. Um, I think the Titans have kind of come into like full season form. Um, but Aaron Jones, that performance was dominant. So on Sunday night under the bright lights, I think that's a good matchup for him, even though San Francisco's uh, defense is pretty good. Uh, and then the other two running backs are kind of a wash just because Kareem Hunt uh, against Chicago – uh, like we were talking about earlier, Baker Mayfield um, isn't doing the greatest right now. Um, and I'm not really sure how Hunt uh, figures into this year's offense alongside Nick Chubb. Uh, and then on the other side, Jonathan Taylor uh, is going against a Titans defense with Nick Eason uh, as the quarterback. And fun fact about Nick Eason is that there are no fun facts about Nick Eason because I don't even know who he is. Um, and then the Vikings receivers... I like Justin Jefferson in this one, uh, but I think Adam Thielen can hold his own. Uh, and Debo Samuel, I think still on the Niners, is uh, a pretty good bet compared to Robert Woods just because of uh, Cooper Cup uh, being the most dominant receiver uh, on the Rams. Now we get to the tight ends, which on Brent's side is just, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I would put Gerald Everett in, I'll be honest after uh, Tunyon putting up a decent amount of points last week. I wouldn't say that he's going to do as well this week, but I think you could say that he will get a decent amount of catches and receptions. I guess those are the same, but <laughs> from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and Gesicki being the most dominant tight end in the league, uh, you can expect that much for Olsen's team. Flexes are a wash. Kickers are a wash. Last week, I thought it was kind of interesting that Olsen would bet that the Vikings are going to be a top 10 defense and then would start the Seahawks last week. I just thought that was really interesting. And Olsen, if you're listening, I, I, I don't know. Those seemed kind of weird. Um, but I don't know. The Dolphins might get pretty tired since Tua is not starting. Uh, I'll take the Vikings in that. And then looking back all the way up to quarterbacks, I like Josh Allen against the Washington football team. Uh, 
Joe Burrow, sure, he might not be going against uh, TJ Watt because of a groin injury as well as Hayden and a couple others on the defense. Uh, but Joe Burrow's kind of slacked this season uh, to my disappointment. So overall, I'm giving Hugh Janus a win to make him 3-0. and Well, it's uh, hard to argue with a 2-0 and team beating an 0-2 team, especially after that analysis. Um, Wine, are you going to follow suit here and pick the Hugh Janus? Well, he has the best tight end in all of fantasy football, <laughs> Mike Gesicki. Give me Hugh Janus this week, 3-0. and Oh, you, you got a Hugh Janus there. There you go. Brian, you. are you uh, following along? Yeah, I have Wilson C. winning in it as well. See, I wanted to pick Brent. I really did, but Joe Burrow against Pittsburgh is what's holding me back. I think the rest of his team has a, a really good chance here to, to do well, and I think Aaron Jones is going to have a much harder time against San Francisco than he did last night. So, um, yeah, not going to go with Aaron – or I am going to go with Aaron Jones and Olsen's team, um, make it a clean sweep – uh, Brent's going to need a big performance from Derrick Henry if he's going to pull off the upset. But um, Amari Cooper being injured for Olsen could be a big factor in the next couple weeks if he's not able to come back 100% soon. So, yeah, Brent's favor. I mean, if both of his wide receivers finally decide to go off this week, he might have a chance. And speaking of the Vikings' defense, after making that water bet, Olsen told me that he heard me saying that the uh, Cardinals were going to cook the Vikings' defense, and that's why he took them out, and put in the Seattle defense. And now I like how this week, I'm going to say it again, the Seattle defense is going to, or the Seattle offense is going to cook the Vikings defense. Um, but I think this time Olsen's going to be stubborn and keep the Vikings defense in there. But um, I like Seattle to score a whole lot of points against the Vikings defense. But Brent playing the Dolphins defense, even after they lost 35-0 to last week, seems like a real head-scratcher. But Brent does love his fins, so cheering for you brent for the second to last matchup of the week we have hammer time dylan 2-0 against the tape ballers brian 1-1 in the last three years hammer time is 2-1 against brian but uh adding in another win in the postseason makes dylan 3-1 overall against brian wine how is this matchup going to go down yeah, so uh, these are the two highest projected teams this week, and I could see it going that way. Um, starting at the QB position, we have Kyler Murray versus Lamar Jackson. Both of them have excellent matchups. Kyler Murray gets the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Lamar gets the Detroit Lions. I mean, honestly, these this could easily be the top two quarterbacks this week. I wouldn't shock me one bit. Uh, the only thing with Kyler, I guess, and Jacksonville is, um, I guess with both, but they might get up by a ton of points and stop throwing as much, but both quarterbacks like to run it anyway. So, I, yeah, these two are going to score a ton of points. So then we get to the running back position, and this is where I think uh, Tate Ballers has quite a large advantage. Christian McCaffrey going against Houston is huge, and Chase Edmonds, like the reason I said earlier, they might get up a lot and start running the ball more. So Chase Edmonds could have a pretty good week, and if he gets a touchdown, he's going to be very solid. Against Damian Harris and Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell got hurt in last week's game. I don't remember if he came back in that game, and that entire San Francisco running back group is all injured. 
they thought it was just a stinger, but I don't think he practiced today, and it's a little worse than what they're expecting. So it's like, if I mean, if he can't even play, that's going to be really bad for Dylan as he does not have great depth. Um, and even if he does, I don't know how much he'll play. And Damien Harris, I think, has a tough matchup against the New Orleans uh, good run defense. So I give the advantage here to Tate Ballers. Uh, then we go to the wide receivers, where uh, we have DeAndre Hopkins, of course, stacked with Kyler Murray. Uh, he had a really weird week last week where I believe he scored all of his points on the first drive. I can't remember if he ever caught one after. That was very weird. But the problem is I don't I don't think Jacksonville really has anyone who can stop DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, at least the Vikings, are, I mean, I'm going to be biased, but I mean, Patrick Peterson's pretty good, and Harrison Smith's pretty good, and better than anyone on Jacksonville, so I don't know. I don't think they're going to be stopping him, and Brandon Cooks is just, he's the number one target. The only thing is he doesn't have Tyrod Taylor, I mean, throwing it, and he's got a tough matchup. Carolina's been sneaky good the first two weeks, so... We'll see how he does. I, I don't see Houston doing much this week or tomorrow night. Um, on the other side, we got Scary Terry and Deontay Johnson. I know Deontay Johnson got a pretty rough injury in the game, but I think it's better than expected. I'm not quite sure. And so if he does play, he gets the Bengals, which I think is a good matchup. Terry McLaurin uh, got a ton of targets and had a really good game last week. I don't think he's going to have as good a uh, game this week just because Buffalo does have Tredavious White. So I think he will at least be able to limit him or make it definitely a tougher matchup uh, for him this week. So I don't know. I think the wide receivers could be pretty even this week just with matchups. Moving on to tight end, we have arguably the biggest tight end matchup um, in the league other than maybe Darren Waller versus Kelsey, but we have Kelsey versus Kittle. Kittle has been off to a slow start, but we all know his talent is extremely good and that he's probably going to turn around eventually and play like the number one tight end that he can be. And Travis Kelsey is just the most consistent player in all of fantasy football. I mean, he's clearly going to get 15, 20 points. You can mark it down. It's going to happen. It's just who he is. So really fun matchup this could be. Um, Flex, it's a little interesting. Both flexes aren't great. Gaskin... I mean, at least he's getting most of the carries and stuff, but he just he hasn't done much. And Odell is coming off of an injury and still is questionable to play. It looks like he will, but I don't know. We'll see. And Chicago's got a good defense. Kickers, I mean, they're both kickers <laughs> of good offenses, so nice. They should score more than my zero points. Uh, defense, the Broncos get the Jets which is helpful, and the Patriots get New Orleans, and if New Orleans plays like they did last week, that could be really good, and the Patriots defense just looks really good again this year. So I think this is going to be a very high-scoring close game, but I give the edge to Tate Ballers. Ooh, the upset record-wise. Brian, you are in this matchup. How do you like your chances? Well, I don't want to predict this score or pick it when not getting that sack of energy right there. Um, I think Dylan's going to win it. Um, I do like Dick's uh, points. I'm glad he went a little deeper than I did when I looked over it. Um, but outside of running back, I don't feel as if I have – I feel the weaker team outside of running back everywhere. Um, Kittle just hasn't showed up yet, so you take Kelsey easily. My wide receivers, if Deontay's down, I'm kind of screwed in that battle. Um, and I feel like he's more questionable than any of Dylan's questionable guys. So, 
yeah, I I don't see this being as close as it says it will, but I'll give it a try. Well, it sounds like so far we think it's going to be a high-scoring matchup. Do you agree with that, Sam? I do believe that it is going to be a high-scoring matchup. Uh, just to keep it brief, I think the running back core and the wide receiver core are strong on both, but I'm giving the edge to Brian, and the fact that he's going to try, I respect even more. So there it is. Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, I think the wide receivers are going to be an issue for Brian this week. Um, like Juan said, McLaurin up against Buffalo and Tredavious White, especially after getting targeted so heavily last week, you would think that they're going to make it their goal to make uh, Heineke throw it to someone else. Along with that, we know Deontay Johnson um, was able to avoid suffering a major injury on Sunday. But with that being said, I don't know if he's going to play this week. And if he does, I don't know if he'll be 100%. And if he goes out there less than 100% and is able to, you know, re-injure himself and leaves the game, that's just going to completely tank Brian's team. Along with that, he doesn't really have the greatest wide receiver depth to back him up. He's got some decent options that could have really boom weeks, like Christian Kirk, Darnell Mooney, but I wouldn't be as excited for those as I would if Deontay Johnson was healthy, obviously. And for Dylan... Um, he's got Odell Beckham in there. I think he's been a little overzealous to put in Beckham this year so far. In fact, he one time had to play no flex because he had Odell in and then he was inactive. Um, Devontae Smith has been getting a ton of targets this year so far in the first two weeks. Um, despite not converting them to many fantasy points last week, it was against a tough defense. You know, I think against Dallas that he should be able to get more catches and more yards than perhaps a rusty Odell, but... Dylan's passionate about Odell and uh, hard to hard to knock him for trying it. So I'm going to go with uh, Dylan. Um, it would be nice if he played Devontae Smith, I think. But um, regardless, I think he'll uh, squeak out a win with Brian's uh, receivers the way they look right now. No, Alec. Odell's going to be the number one wide receiver on that team. You should definitely keep him, and you just need to shut up. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I think if McCaffrey gets brought off to a hot start, then I would. Well, I mean, he probably will get off to a hot start, so maybe I should be picking Brian if I think that would cause the matchup to shift. But I think McCaffrey could go nuclear this week, and um, even without a touchdown, he should be able to score twenty points. So I think Christian McCaffrey could even count as two running backs this week. He very well might count as two running backs this that week. Possibility. That's impossible. <laughs> That's a distinct possibility. Yeah. <laughs> if McCaffrey's uh, doubling up Brandon Cooks on Thursday night, then um, I think it's going to be a great start for Brian. But Dylan's dangerous no matter what. So Put in J.K. Dobbins, Dill. <laughs> Sneaky. All right. For the final matchup of week three, we have the 1-1 one one Wet Amys against the 1-1 one one Milwaukee Unos. In the last three years, the Wet Amys have won all three matchups against the Milwaukee Unos with zero postseason matchups. Brian, our guest star, what's going to happen in this one? Yeah, I picked this one because I thought it was going to be an exciting matchup. The more I worked through it, though, uh, the more one-sided it got. But let's start from the top uh, with the QB. It's kind of fun. They're uh, both playing each other, so it can be kind of a fun game to watch for this matchup. Um, I predict a very high-scoring game between these two guys. Um, they're going to be kind of balling it out. Um, but you can't pick against Mahomes. I mean, that'd be silly. Uh, Herbert's a good option, but Mahomes takes it. Uh, running backs, uh, I think 
if I had to pick number one, Kamara would be better. But number two, I think Williams is kind of filling up his role, and he'll keep filling that out and being better. I think the difference between Swift and Williams is uh, greater than Gibson and Kamara. Um, we saw Kamara disappear last week, so it can happen again. Um, you never know. I guess Gibson kind of disappeared too, but I think he's more essential to that team. Um, so I gave the edge there to Alec as well, but that one's a lot closer. And uh, there's definitely boom. Uh, capability on Michael's team there. Uh, wide receivers, um, I like uh, Godwin. I'm not too big of a fan of Higgins, but he has uh, delivered results. Um, but Hill and Metcalf, um, Metcalf's just waiting for that explosion to happen, and Hill is the stack. So I had to go wide receivers over to Alec. Uh, tight end, I uh, just in my notes just have Gronk, 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 Gronk. Um, and so that just kind of, that's all that needs to be said there, I think. Um, flex, I actually, Mixon is a great flex. Uh, he's the number one running back. Week one, he really showed that. Last week was a little slower, but I really think he'll return to the mean there. Um, and Patterson, uh, he's kind of, he's the last man kind of thing. He's just kind of, I don't know, vulture over there. Kind of picking up what remains. Um, so I'll definitely go with the number one running back over the vulture. So. I definitely give the advantages there to Michael. Um, kickers and defense, meh, who cares? Um, I don't think they'll decide the game at all. Um, so overall, I think the projections were kind of BS. I think Alex takes this pretty easily. Well, uh, I'm excited if that's the case. Uh, Wine, are you in agreement with Brian on this one as definitively, or do you think it's going to be a close one? Uh I agree with Brian. I think you're going to win pretty easily. I think Kamara might have another slow week. He is going against the Patriots. And then T. Higgins and Joe Mixon also have to go against Pittsburgh. So Michael's got some tough matchups, while all your team basically all has good matchups. E.K. Metcalf's been getting the same amount of targets as like Tyler Lockett. He just hasn't been you know, getting the same results. But I think this is the week against the Vikings uh, secondary, because have Pete will probably be on Lockett just because of how the first weeks have gone. So, yeah, I think you're going to win pretty easily. Well, I guess is Sam going to keep the sweep going? Yeah, so I agree with Brian. Patrick Mahomes is uh, better in this case. We still have yet to see Herbert kind of break out this year. Uh, and Tyree Kill is probably going to have himself a good game against the Chargers secondary. Uh, and also, just looking here, I would take Gronk over Godwin and Higby uh, just because Gronk and uh, Brady have that connection. Um, of course, Godwin and Brady do as well, but uh, Brady is always looking for Gronk in the end zone, which is always a plus. Um, and Higby uh, is kind of more of a question mark uh, against the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. So overall, I just want to say that Michael, your profile picture is very good, but I think Alec is going to take the win this week. Well, I always have to think about it if I'm going to pick against everybody else when there's a clean sweep going. But I think uh, Wine keyed in on it well when he said the matchups are tough for Michael. Um, Kamara against New England. Usually New England keys in on the other team's best player, and I think that's got to be Kamara. Um, Baltimore's got a good run defense, even though Swift catches it a lot. I think they should be able to uh, at least slow him down until maybe later in the game if they have a lead. And then 
Um, Joe Mixon at Pittsburgh is going to be tough. Um, I'd like if TJ Watt played. I think that would help to to stymie Mixon again this week. But even if not, I think um, Pittsburgh has a pretty solid run defense, and Cincinnati's going to have to go through the air to keep up with with Pittsburgh this week. So I'm going to give myself a slight edge over Michael. Um, I do think that my running backs are going to need to perform a lot better in the coming weeks if I'm going to get get some wins. But Gibson has a tough matchup this week at Buffalo. Um, and if Tyreek Hill is getting double covered the whole game and has a bad performance, then that's probably going to be really bad for my team. But if Tyreek Hill has, you know, a solid 15 points and Metcalf can, uh, can follow him with that, I think that gives me a really, a really good advantage to win this game. And that, uh, that'll do for the matchups, I think. All right, for the final segment, we're going to take a walk down memory lane. We're going to rank the championship matches from our league, uh, starting with seven all the way up to one. I've made a bit of a, an outline for my rankings, but I'm sure I'll get some, uh, some kickback on at least some of them. Um, so I'm going to start out with number seven. I think it was a bit of a letdown of the championship, but it was Nicole Manning's Supergirls defeating the Master Deflators, 116-72. to 72. Um, The top players on the Supergirls that, that matchup were Kirk Cousins scoring 32, Doug Baldwin scoring 18, and Adrian Peterson scoring 18. Um, it wasn't super close, and it wasn't super exciting, so that's why I put it at 7. I have it ranked much higher, uh, beating out all the uh, just forgettable championships at like four, um, just simply because of Quinn just coming in, winning the championship, and then just kind of leaving, just kind of a master stroke, master class kind of move. So that deems a lot of respect for me. That's fair. Yeah, Quinn. Um, it was sad when he left. So it's a it's a you know fair to have that as a, a higher one than I have it. Um, I thought it was a little disappointing score wise because it was you know some pretty hyped teams coming in. Um, number six, I have, uh, so number seven, I just had was 2015 championship. Um, so number six, I have the 2017 championship, the ESPN year. And, um, from my recollection, I believe the final score was something like Michael 101 and Olsen 83. I think the final score was something like that. Um, I don't know who was on Michael's team. Maybe he remembers, but I don't remember it being very exciting all I remember is that I lost to Olsen the week before, and that was what I cared about. So, Yeah, it's still so weird that that, that season is just completely gone. Like, we have, we have no way of looking back. So it's like, I, I have no idea who was on my team or anyone's team. Like, it's just completely gone, the memories. Congrats, Michael, though. You still won. True. Cannot take that away. I mean... Whatever. Can't verify it, you know. Yeah. Can't look it up. It's not there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, oh, it, we have no proof. Part of the lost year. All right, I'm to hear that we can take that away from Michael, so we might explore that in the future weeks of uh, seeing what we can do. Um, I do believe it's on the trophy, though, so that might be a little harder. I mean, I got a screwdriver. I can take it off. <laughs> I think it's just a uh, sticky stick on there, so you could you could just <laughs> oh. yeah pry it off. Clearly, I've never hold it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian has never held Amy. Um, number five, I have the 2016 championship. Uh, Dylan defeating Michael 119 to 95 on the back of David Johnson scoring 30 points, Derek Carr scoring 22 points, 
and none other than Justin Tucker scoring 13 points as his best players that week. God. Did you say a kicker was the best? It was his third best, Justin Tucker. His third best. Okay. Yeah. I had the similar score. It's just meh was my reaction to it. He played Spencer Ware. Wow. <laughs> it's so weird always looking back and seeing the names. Yeah. Or, some, or like like Tyreek was a flex player. Like, what the heck? Yeah, that was one of Tyreek's first years, if not his first year, I think. So. Yeah. Michael and his much worse name. Oh, yeah, no. Which What, what was Michael's name that year? WD Forte. Oh, that was terrible. Wow. I think the year Michael won? No, no, not the year he won, but a different year. He was the Hatfields and the, or the Backfields and the McCoys. Yeah. And yeah. that led me, led me to look back up the, uh, I think it was like the History Channel miniseries of the Hatfields and McCoys that was going on that year that. <laughs> Michael named his team after, so that was a blast from the past. I can't believe that Michael's name and purpose actually worked multiple years later and got you to watch that documentary. <laughs> I mean, I had, I was watching it when it came out, and I thought back to myself, like, yeah, what what states were they from and what was the feud about? So I had to go on the Wikipedia and try and remember that. So it was a good time. I remember I had to give a speech for that in, like, language arts in what year? Miss Conley. The only reason I know that whole thing. I mean, of course, you were on the side of the Confederacy, as always. Mm. You know me, big Robert E. Lee fan, you know? The South will rise again, says Brian. (laughs) All right, moving on to number four, I have the 2019 championship where I defeated Brian 137 to 117 on the back of my sweet Saquon Barkley 42 points. Lamar Jackson, 30 points, and Devontae Parker, 20 points. Holds a special place in my heart, and it was the highest-scoring championship at the time that it happened, so um, it's got at least something going for it. That was definitely a heartbreak for my team. Uh, all my I starred wide receivers, Godwin and Evans, through the whole year. I was the number one team through the whole year, and then just everyone started getting hurt. I think I put up the most points in big history the week before yeah i i limped into this week and i remembered thinking at one point that if i played the like i was between two quarterbacks like like the worst one and if i picked it was daniel jones or someone i would have won but i think that's clearly a mismemory because i lost by 20 points it looks like no that's that's what um i remember you talking about that because you never picked him up so i was a little suspicious but i think Daniel Jones outscored Jameis Winston by 21 points, which would have given you a one-point win had you picked him up and played him. But I was like, sure, Brian, sure you almost did. I think I was, like, looking at the waiver wire and, like, which quarterback I'm going to play because I wanted to keep the rest of my team as, like, a fallback. I guess I could have fit him in over Miller, but I remember, I remember that being a decision I made. I think we watched, wasn't us, us three at Alex's house watching this on Sunday? I, I feel like I remember watching Jameis. I think so. It was also I, like... I think I, I had to leave like in the middle of that game or something, but I definitely remember being there for Jameis. And then I remember being back there the next day with you and the trophy and Brew and Tyreek. I mean, Tyreek didn't do much, but I remember Brew was getting hyped. He was like, oh, Tyreek! I do remember that, yeah. Wow. Uh, poor Brian, though. I feel bad for you. Yeah, that was. I think the week before that was probably the best semifinals we have ever had for sure. Because I think the lowest scoring team was Olsen with, I think, one hundred and forty some points, and oh 
I beat Nate like 156 to 147, and Brian dropped 181. Um, so there were many touchdowns to be had. Players scored 30 points each. Yeah, Brian Brian went off uh, in that semifinal, so I'm glad that wasn't what he did in the final. It was also good that you didn't that you had a bye week, Alec. I it was my team um, in week 14 that year was tragic. So if I didn't have the bye week, I certainly wouldn't have won. But the two years before that, I lost in the semifinal, so was on on the road to good things. Um, <laughs> on to my number three, I have the 2018 final between John and Dylan. This was John's first championship appearance, and he was able to take it down over Dylan with a score of 115 to 110 on the back of Aaron Rodgers, 43 points, DeAndre Hopkins, 15 points, and Tyreek Hill, 11 points. 43 points? I was also surprised when I read that. I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. I think and this was when Phil Lindsay played on Monday night, right? Yep. And he got hurt. I think I remember watching it at Dylan's house with him, I feel like. Or something like that. I don't know. But I just remember him only, he didn't need much. He needed, what, like 11 points? And then he got six. And he got hurt, I think, (laughs) in the third quarter. Dylan has had some sad championship losses. (laughs) Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been in it quite a few times. And uh, he's walked away with, with one of them, so... Yeah. Is that better than making it to so many? Yeah, Sam's Thanks. one and done, like Kentucky yeah. freshman. Like, like I was, oh, I've been literally done, like for so long. <laughs> That's why I don't remember any of these championships because I was fighting for my life at the bottom. <laughs> whoever else. Yeah, uh, I mean, you faced off this year, or not this year? <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what I meant. 2019, whatever. But, but like, what what does auto draft hurts really mean? <laughs> uh, nothing. It's just a good name. Oh, okay. It just um, means you feel bad when you auto draft your team, right? Yeah. Exactly. One last thing about this matchup, I had it ranked much lower, and that's purely because when I opened it, I just see John's old picture. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't remember clicking that link to get there, so that. Uh, uh, That's the best part. The Glock or the Cock Championship. (laughs) Beautiful. I hate that I knew exactly what Brian was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, I'm going to say a link to some sick ultimate catches later. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, boy. Um, Well, there's only two left. So at number two, I have a repeat championship. It's the 2020 where John once again defeated Dylan 178 to 157, by far the highest scoring championship we've had. He did it with Devontae Adams scoring 38 on Sunday Night Football, along with Rodgers, 25, the stack. And then Monday night capped it off with Stephon Diggs, 37 points in Dylan's face. Yeah, I will never forget being at your house, Alec, watching this with Dylan and just watching him become absolutely silent and say nothing and just slip into like a deep sadness he didn't say a single word the entire second half because like i mean i remember the whole time we we're like there's no way you tell him you're fine and he, he was even like yeah no I, I feel pretty good like he had a good right to be yeah he was that. he was literally up 
well, he wasn't up 99.9 points, but those three players combined for 99.9 points. He was up by like 75 or 80 or something like that. Yeah. And Derrick Henry only scored 10. Yep. And it was a snow game, so we're like, oh, they're going to run Derrick Henry so much, he's going to have a huge game. Ugh. Never forget. Never forget. That's a painful one. But not as painful as the number one and best championship, <laughs> the first one, where we once again have Dylan sadly losing, this time to Sam Lee, by a score of 90.12, and I will include the decimals for this one, to 88.94. Oh my god. The thinnest of margins. Sam did it with Tony Romo scoring 28, Eddie Lacy scoring 16, and Antonio Brown scoring 13. That's right, even Eddie Lacy has a championship somewhere. Um, <laughs> Wasn't the key player, though, the other quarterback? That's right. right. The key uh, players uh, came down to the, I believe it was the Monday Night Football game of Broncos versus Bengals. It was Peyton Manning um, closer to the end of his uh, his run, but he was still still doing pretty well in that season. And Dylan, I think, needed maybe 25 or 30 points to beat Sam. And he got a Jeremy Hill, um, former running back for the Bengals, touchdown. I think it was 85 yards in the first quarter. And from there on out, he only needed maybe like 10 or 15 points to win. On several occasions, he went over Sam's score, only to fall back below from Peyton Manning turnovers as the rain started to fall. I believe there were four or five turnovers that just brought the score up and down throughout the night, and watching it was a treat that I will uh, I'll never forget. It's funny just looking at the graph. I mean, you can just see it go up, then down, up, then down. Like what a close and like perfect championship game. Obviously not for Dylan, but like as fantasy fans to watch, like. It is a crazy game. And then to, like, it's so funny looking at these lineups. Like, who remembers Joyke Bell? (laughs) (laughs) Like, these are such weird names. Or, like, oh, Jarvis Landry on the Miami. Like, it's just so weird when you go this far back to just see some of the names on these teams. Like, it's just, it's funny. Eddie, he was a slug eating yards and not, like, at the local fast food restaurant. (laughs) True. Wow. I remember watching this game. I, was it? I remember being at Olsen's place. Olsen's basement. Yeah. You know, and just the meltdown that was happening. That was fun. Absolutely wild. I mean, that was one of the greatest curse jinx nights we've ever had. We're like, oh, there's no way you're going to lose this, Dylan. You're already winning. There's like a half left to play. What could go wrong? And Sam was just sitting there chilling, watching the game. <laughs> Somehow just coming back each time and... If there was ever a Chang dynasty and a Chang curse that was put on Dylan, it was that night. <laughs> and Dylan's Tyling got zero points too. That didn't help him that week. Who was it? Uh, Dwayne Allen. That was his <laughs> playoff tight end, might I add, who got him zero points after he traded away, I think, CJ Anderson to Olsen, who knocked me out of the playoffs with him. Dylan was then able to <laughs> score zero points with his playoff tight end and lose the championship by a whopping 1.2 points, basically. Wow. Um, so you could call that karma, but I won't say that. But you could. So salty. 
I mean, I certainly wasn't going to do much that year anyways. Final Destination. What is that? Wait, what? Oh, Michael didn't... Oh, they both didn't start that many people. That's, I was like, what is the score? Yeah. 54 to 20? <laughs> Teenage Newton Ninja Turtles? Ah. Oh, boy. Well, we can, we can avoid getting into some of Tony's famous names, but um, that was what I had for the rankings, so... That's fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, for listening. And um, we'll have one of these out again next week with a special guest to be named, depending on how the week goes. So, See you soon, Brian. Oh, thank you. Congrats on Too easy. Confidence is key, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Thanks for coming on, Brian. Yeah, I suck.